pandemic has upended nearly every aspect of how we do business, from how companies interact with their customers to how customers choose products and services. This changing business landscape has accelerated innovation. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today we'll talk about innovation with Jennifer Brazer. Jennifer is CEO and founder of Complete Controller, a client accounting services company that has been serving small businesses and busy households for more than a decade. And in her book, From Cubicle to Cloud, Jennifer shares her bumps and bruises starting and growing her business and her strategies for success. So Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much, Jim. It's great to be here today. Terrific. So let's start. Uh, You've talked a lot about breaking the mold and encouraging entrepreneurs to create new business models. So please tell us about that as it relates to the current business landscape. Yes, I really wanted to start by freeing today's entrepreneurs from traditional business model constraints. I think we get really worried about what the client's expectation is, the customer, or what our colleague's expectation is of how a business should be run, how it should be modeled. And in my book and in my life as a a mentor, I'm always encouraging uh, new entrepreneurs and, and entrepreneurs creating new businesses or remodeling their business to just break free of those constraints. What would your business look like if it could look like anything you wanted to? And especially in this time, it's so important to find new ways to deliver our products and services to the market. We saw a lot of businesses shift their model during COVID, and I believe that gave our business owners a new perspective into ways that they can serve this market. And I think that some of these new ideas are going to stick. Some might not. Some were just a Band-Aid to get through the pandemic, get through you know, some of the weather that we've been having. But I really do think that that many of them will stick as these business owners have found that they have just a whole new way to reach into the market deeper and make more profit for themselves. And it's really important that they continue to innovate because in this tech forward business landscape where innovation used to be a fun advantage, it's now become a necessity. And those that don't innovate will be left behind. So the pandemic has accelerated innovation with a target on resilience. Uh, What types of business model shifts have been most successful in achieving resilience? Well, there are some obvious ones and then some that are not so obvious. So let's take retail shops, for example. The ones that had an e-commerce option in place already or those that were able to quickly adapt and create one were able to continue generating revenue when foot traffic was non-existent because they had to close their doors. So now as they're reopening their stores, many are persistent in mirroring the e-commerce experience and the in-store experience by keeping that online store and even innovating the ability for people to buy online while also reopening their brick and mortar. And some are finding that their products are getting greater exposure online and those sales are even exceeding the in-store sales. And then others are using the store for that wow factor, those big items, right? The high ticket ones and really creating this exclusivity around the in-store experience, which I think is going to create this future trend where going into a store, touching and feeling products, trying things on, interacting with staff, 
it's going to demand a higher price point than the e-commerce experience. And we already see this, right? You can go online, you buy a bathing suit for $20, you go in the store, you buy a bathing suit for $40, but you can try on the bathing suit. You see what it looks like on your body. You might have somebody give you some advice about it. I think that this differentiation is going to appeal to people who are willing to pay more for that white glove service. And that additional revenue will help to cover the cost, of course, of the brick and mortar locations. I think we'll see a divide between those two experiences deepen. Uh, you know, that's retail. Another example is restaurants. Let, let's talk about what restaurants had to do to get through the pandemic. So they focused on delivery and customization with a no-touch experience, and many of them improved their websites to facilitate online ordering, and they survived. And the ones that didn't, didn't. Just like retail, the restaurant owners found a new model that allows them to expand their reach, and many will increase their staffing and streamline their internal processes to continue offering a hybrid experience even after their restaurants are fully reopened and there are no restrictions. They're going to keep their menus online, available by QR code, easily modified on the fly. Expect to see menus evolving more quickly in response to consumer demand simply because they're not printed. So this is an advantage that's going to be ongoing now, even though it was something that just was absolutely necessary during that pandemic time and these times when we can't be in person. And then I think especially um hit hard were professional services because if you think about it your physical therapist your your um your tax preparer uh the people who they are the service historically the relationship between that professional and the client was based on a rapport that developed through in-person meetings so what are they to do when they can't meet with people in person well they very quickly had to figure out how to rekindle those relationships virtually and how to maintain those relationships virtually. And some of them, you know, sustain their book of business by doing some classes online, um, by being able to see patients uh, virtually and, you know, do their exercises with them, um, or being able to get to know what was going on in their tax planning virtually, but they weren't all ready for it. You know, our company, we've been virtual for over a decade, not all service-based businesses, especially professional services, were ready for that. And, um, and it was a big push, but I do also think that they're going to hold on to that uh, on an ongoing basis because there are some patients or clients that they want it. They're used to it now and they like it. All right. So looking to the future, uh, what business model shifts do you think are here to stay and how might the pandemic continue to shape innovation moving forward? Well, as virtualization evolved from a necessity into an attractive and profitable new way to increase market share, business owners have paid attention. It's inevitable that businesses will continue to develop methods for virtualization moving forward. Just think of selecting the nail design that you want online as you're making the appointment for the nail spa or choosing the lawn care package that best fits your needs and budget through a community site like Nextdoor. Tech will become more prevalent in all business models. So COVID just broke down the barriers and got stakeholders on board for virtualization. But I definitely think we need to be ready for rapid evolution. 
Okay, so earlier you described innovation as a necessity rather than an advantage. So to your point, when the pandemic hit, every restaurant and retail store raced to implement some kind of virtual and or touchless experiences. So now that those are commonplace experiences, uh, how can these businesses continue to innovate? That's such a great question because that is what's next, right? And, and I really believe that by leveraging integrated technology, and harnessing social and community marketing and streamlining processes. This is how they're going to continue to innovate. So now they've, you know, they either already had these virtual solutions that they they expanded uh, or they've put them in place. So now it's all about getting them to work together and figuring out what is working and what's not. So I think the first thing that we're going to see is they're going to start scrapping clunky technologies, business service companies that can't keep up with their needs, legacy systems. They're going to switch those out for more nimble systems, more elegant, less expensive cloud-based ones. We're going to see a lot of that as business owners are streamlining. And then when they're researching their available tech, you know, they really want to keep in mind that integration is the best way to improve efficiency and reduce mistakes in their data. So, yes, you still want the human factor involved to review or give approvals. But how much easier is it when your employee timekeeping system is fully integrated with your payroll processing solution or your law practice management system is integrated with your general ledger software or your cash register system is integrated with your inventory management and ordering and your general ledger software and your timekeeping system. Now we're moving toward what it's going to look like in the future. There are many options in the market. So as business owners start to become more and more picky, first of all, now they're aware of them. Now they're going to become more and more picky about which ones are going to work for their particular business model and which ones integrate with each other. Then we're going to see a huge change and people are going to start dropping that old stuff and picking up new stuff. And then, you know, I talked about harnessing social and community marketing. So let's talk about that for a second. I'm not talking about grassroots Main Street community. I'm talking about social community. So social marketing is more than just getting your brand message out there. It's collaborating with other brands you trust that augment your value proposition, working together to boost each other, talk about each other, share and like each other, run promotions that are in sync with others in your community, whether it's a vendor or a value chain partner or a friendly competitor, like, you know, a barbecue cook-off has thousands of people buying from both you and them and then casting their votes, right? So it's, it could be maybe a supporter of causes that, that you both believe in, you name it, but leverage your community and interact with them for this greater virtual exposure because you know, social media has just become this, this static. It's this cacophony of, of things just coming at us, right? And, and the human mind is, you know, trying to kind of sift through it. Well, now we're entering into this age of, um, of actionable intelligence. So we're taking all of this intelligence that's coming in and we're pushing it. We want to push it to our consumer with an action connected to it. You know, here's what's going on. Da, 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 and this is what we want you to do about it and give them a way to take action. And by working with others in your community to make that happen, you're going to have greater exposure and you're going to have greater impact. And of course, greater buy-in because of it.
Excellent, excellent ideas there. Um, so if I could switch gears a little bit here. So innovation can be expensive. So you talk a lot about bootstrapping. Uh, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? Right. So, I mean, here at Complete Controller, we serve small businesses and busy households. And what that tells you is that we are working with that segment of the population that puts me in a position to see many businesses succeed and many fail, right? What do we have? Like 50% fail in the first year. The first three years, another 50%. So what I'll say is that over the years, more businesses have failed that have used other people's money than those that were bootstrapped from the start. And my theory is that when you have coffers full of capital, the decision-making process becomes less shrewd, less focused on maximizing the value of each dollar spent. Business owners who, who have invested their own money, leveraged their own credit, had to grow their business by reinvesting its earnings, they learn really early on how to excel at that cost value analysis, right? So for those that aren't just coming in with new money and flooding the market and they're just kind of spending it left and right, throwing spaghetti at the wall, for those that are really focusing in on, hey, is this dollar going to make me more dollars? They're going to be looking at those systems I was talking about, the ones that are, need to integrate, the ones that are going to be more modern, the ones that cost less than our old legacy systems. And they're going to be negotiating pricing. Even for the systems that are presented as a SaaS, where it is this set fixed fee, you know, you got this number of licenses, this is what you get, we're still going to call. And I'm telling any small business owner out there, please call. Everything is up for negotiation. You would be surprised how much money you can save by just asking. And also factor in the time that you're going to save in your cost savings calculation because time is money. So if a new product or service allows you to eliminate error or eliminate a point where the human has to touch it, then you found savings. So don't forget to include that in your equation, your analysis as you're upgrading and you're innovating. Excellent. So, Jennifer, you shared quite a few ideas here. So looking and reflecting back on your own experience, um, what has worked well for you? Or maybe I can ask it, uh, what have you observed working well for others when it comes to bootstrapping? Well, when you're bootstrapping, you must understand where the money is coming from and where it's going. So I highly recommend creating a budget. And then I recommend comparing your performance to that budget on at least a monthly basis. It's also good to have someone else review the performance, whether it be a mentor or a manager or a spouse, because that accountability will help you to pause when you're tempted to make that quick financial decision. And finally, do your bookkeeping on an accrual basis. Don't just record things when you write the check. Record them when you incur them. So when that electric bill uh, end date, period end date happened and that bill got sent out to you, that's when you record it. Not 30 days later or 15 days later when you actually pay it. Because when you record them when they happen, you can see exactly how much was spent each day, each week, or each month using amortizations rather than not knowing until after the fact how much is going to be spent and then trying to look back and put it together. 
see some things are due in 10 days, some are due in 15, some in 30, some in 60. So if you're looking at it when you pay it, you're never gonna get that feel for when you're actually incurring more costs and actually earning more revenue you won't get that feel because you're not counting it until you're actually paying it or until somebody's actually paying you. Having a strong point of sale and inventory management software is essential to achieving this level of detail. So if you're in retail or you're in restaurant, you need to have a really strong point of sale. You need to have really strong inventory management because that's going to help you to understand that day over day, week over week, you're gonna to start to see seasonal trends. So select one that integrates with your general ledger software and your payroll processing software so that you get greater efficiency and accuracy and find one that actually gives you that information in real time. That's what I recommend. Fantastic advice, Jennifer, really uh, terrific. Uh, we really appreciate your sharing your experience and advice with us. Uh, and if I may share a quick note, uh, the entire HRpreneur team would like to give a heartfelt thanks to Rebecca Morris for all her contributions to our podcast series. We couldn't have done it without you, Rebecca. We wish you all the best. And Jennifer, thanks again for joining us and thank you all for listening to HRpreneur. We appreciate your joining us and be well.